I just want to uh, begin by asking you guys a question. Uh, how many of you have ever went boating before in your life? Anytime, just raise your hand. How many of you have went boating? Okay, almost all of us have. Well, my family uh, loves to go boating. In the past five summers, we have gone uh, down to Crossville, Tennessee, and there are multiple lakes there, and we rent a pontoon, and we kind of put around, and we'll find different coves where we can just kind of, uh, you know, anchor uh, the boat uh, to that place, and then the girls and my wife and I, uh, we go swimming. Now, my parents, uh, who are in their late 70s, go with us every year, but they don't go, uh, you know, actually uh, swimming. Uh, they typically will sit on the boat underneath the canopy and they take naps uh, during that time. And uh, the girls uh, are too young to drive the boat, so typically I'm the one that drives the boat. My mom doesn't want to drive the boat and uh, neither does my wife and neither one of them want my dad to drive the boat. Um, he's had some accidents like with, uh, he was a funeral director one time and he, he wrecked the hearse. Um, so just think about that for a second. Like, you don't want him behind a boat. You know what I mean? Like, um, so uh, sometimes they'll be like, hey, we'd rather your daughters, you know, uh, like do the boat uh, than him. So typically I drive the boat and uh, we'll find uh, a particular cove. We'll go in there. And um, I found this one the very first year that we went to Crossville. I was like, Dad, this is the spot. It'll be real quiet, serene. Uh, we can go swimming. We won't have to worry about waves. He's like, all right. I was like, but you need to put the anchor in the water. He's like, I got it, buddy. I got it. And so I see him go to the back of the boat. He throws the anchor in. All is well and good. And they go underneath their canopy. Uh, stay away from the sun. They start taking their nap. And my uh, and it's a cement anchor. It looks like this. And uh, so it's just a small little cement bucket anchor that's in there. And my uh, kids and uh, my wife and I, we jump out and we start swimming. And it goes pretty well. Uh, and everything's really copacetic. Things are good. Until finally, uh, I looked up about 30 to 40 minutes into the swim. And I noticed that the boat was starting to get close to shore. And shore were just these rocky edges where damage can take place. So I yelled out loud to my dad. I'm like, Dad, the boat's drifting. Still sleeping. He is not moving. He's just sleeping away. So I yelled a little bit, Dad, or I was like, Dad, you're going to hit the rocks. And at that time, he jumped up and he goes to the back of the boat. And I'm like, no, 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 you, you, you've got to take the anchor up first. He's like, okay, bud, no problem. And he gets over there, and I can't see him very well, so I'm just swimming, when all of a sudden I just see this big splash. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's down. Like, he is in the water. I mean, he wrecks Hurst. He's going to wreck his body. I mean, this is going to be bad. So I start swimming as hard as I can to the pontoon. And then I look up to try to, you know, see exactly where it's at. And as I look up, I notice he's at the edge just smiling away like this, going. I'm like, Dad, you're going to hit the rocks. You know, you, you've got to pull the anchor up first and then start the engine. He's just. 
I'm like, no, 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 seriously. Like, this is not going to be good. He's like, I only threw in one anchor. There were two. That's why she's moving. Now, all of this to say, folks, that bad things can happen to aluminum and human flesh when anchors don't hold. And my biggest concern that day was that one of those two things were, were going to happen. You know, from the very first moment that that experience got etched in my head, I've always kind of had this fascination with anchors. Every time that I get on a boat, I go to see where the anchor's at. And I want to know, do we have one or two anchors? Because I want to know exactly what's going on. And I want to see if the anchor is big enough to secure the boat. You know, in Tennessee that day, we had two cement anchors like that, that we were able to finally secure the boat. But I really think on that day, what we needed was like the granddaddy of anchors, right? This is like one of those hoo-yah moments if you're a man, you know? It's like, I want an anchor like this. What you're looking at right now is 40 pounds of an anchor, and it can hold anything. It is that powerful. It has a lot of staying power. Now, I have a feeling that for some of you, when you walk onto a boat, you don't even think about the anchor. You don't think where it is. Does it have a holding power? Is it trustworthy enough to keep us in the midst of if a storm would come up? In fact, when people sail around the world, one of the things that I learned this week in my research was that most people, what they do is that they spend their greatest investment in an anchor. If they're selling, they want to have the best anchor that is possible. Because they realize that if you don't have the right anchor, one that holds, it can be the difference between life and death. Now today is Easter, and you're like, serious dude, I got up this morning for you to talk about an anchor? Yeah, you really did. Um, And the reason why we're talking about anchors today is because there's this very cool Bible passage in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, that I want us to look at. And this is what it says. We have this hope as an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. We have this hope. We have a hope in God. That can be an anchor for our souls that is firm and secure. Now what this metaphor of an anchor is basically saying is this. That no matter how chaotic the world gets, no matter how crazy your inner life gets, no matter who walks away from you or disappoints you or betrays you, that no matter what the economy does, No matter if the Pacers make the playoffs or not, and it's starting to look not so good right now, I'm telling you. There is one thing, folks, that you can count on all day long. Through the deepest, darkest night of your soul, when it seems like there's no way you can make it, there is something that can be an anchor For your soul, an anchor that's going to hold. And when you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, this anchor holds every single time. 
So I just want to get real personal with you this morning. And I want to ask you this question. And don't be too quick to answer it one way or the other. But here's the question. Is God the anchor for your soul? Throughout the day, is God the anchor for your soul? And if you want, you can use our app and you can fill it in there if you want to use it for later for your notes. But is God the anchor for your soul? Is he really? Are you absolutely sure? Now, some of you are here on Easter because your spouse or your mom or dad or your brother or sister or co-worker or neighbor or someone twisted your arm to get here. And you're here now and they, they said, well, you know, Chris is a really good speaker. And some of you are like, I'm not so sure right now, you know. Uh, but hey, guess what? You're here anyways. You know, it'd be rude to leave, so you're here. And if you're here and you came here... You have to answer that question. Because if the truth were told, I think that some of you, if you were to have to answer that question, you'd be like, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure if God is the anchor for my soul. He's the thing that I place myself in. For others of you, he was the anchor for your soul at one time. And he was solid and firm in there. But then all of a sudden, you just started drifting away. You didn't plan on it, but you started drifting. And the more that you drifted, you got away from it. But today you could drift back. You really could. And for others of you, you're here today and you're like, no, he's the anchor for my soul. But regardless, you have to answer the question, is God the anchor for my soul? And can you with confidence say, I am securely connected to God so much that if a storm came into my life, I would have the confidence to believe that he is going to hold. He's going to see me through that. Folks, when you live with that kind of confidence, it helps you walk through life very differently. You walk through life with a confidence. You walk through life with the understanding that no matter the difficulties, I can make it, even to the point of death itself. If I hit death, I'm not fearful because there's an anchor that's going to hold. You often hear the Holy Spirit saying to you, hey, God's got this. Like, God has really got this. You don't have to be worried about it. God's got this. The anchor. It's going to hold. Paul, the guy who wrote over half of the New Testament and is considered um, one of Jesus' closest followers, had this to say when he was asked about what does it mean, what does it feel like to have an anchor for your soul? And by the way, interesting fact about Paul, uh, Paul was a person who um, hated Christians before he came to Christ. In fact, he actually killed some Christians, uh, just like I'm sure there's some Christians you'd like to kill, right? Because today, folks, when you get out of this parking lot and someone's going to pull in front of you, you're going to be ready to take them out. And then you're going to go down the street and there's going to be these other churches that are going to be let out. And they're going to get in front of you. And you're just going to want to take them out. And I just want you to know, during that moment, just remember, Easter. Okay? It's Easter. Okay? It's Easter. But this is what he said about what you feel when you have an anchor for this. Paul says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Folks, when you know that you have an anchor that's going to hold, there's a peace in your life. There's a, a calmness 
for your life. You have a sense that, hey, things are going to be okay. Things are going to work out. And you walk through life regardless of the storms. Now, for the rest of our time, I want you to have, or have you look at briefly four terrible storms that struck four different people. And how each one of them were able to get beyond the storm. And that the anchor held and it was firm and secure. The first one comes straight out of the Old Testament, uh, the first half of the Bible, and uh, it is found in the book that's named after the guy, actually, and it's called Job, the story of Job, and you can fill that in uh, if you want to, the story of Job. It's not Job, although it's spelled the same way, but uh, it's actually the word Job, and it's his story. Now get this, in a matter of a few short days, almost every important thing that happened in Job's life was torn away from him. Poachers came in and took cattle away. There were uh, these sheep that came, uh, or they didn't come. There was this terrible storm that killed all their sheep. So poachers took his cattle. There was uh, sheep that were killed. And then finally, there was a force wind of ten kind of force wind that comes sweeping across the desert and destroys the house where, uh, get this, all ten of his children were killed. And so this storm comes and it kills all of his kids. Now, if that weren't good, bad enough, shortly after that, Job gets a skin disease That is so painful that he actually takes some clay and he tears up a clay pot and he begins to start scraping the skin off of his body from his arms and from his legs. He is in absolute emotional and physical agony. Now, in the midst of this horrible loss and this pain that he's feeling, you finally get this sense that, well, at least his wife will, like, come to his aid. And she does. And she encourages him with these words. Curse God and die. That's the kind of woman you want beside you, right? When you're going through your hardest thing, just have that woman that says, curse God and die. But Job takes a very different response to this. He looks at things a little bit differently. The scripture says this, and it's a very powerful verse. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He says, God's given me all this stuff, whatever this stuff is, and he's given it to me and he can take it away. Now, Job was not making light of his losses. He wasn't in a state of denial. He realized that he was dealing with some agony. But using the metaphor of the anchor, Job was basically saying this. How terrible this is. How horrible this is. But I think my anchor is going to hold despite all that. I'm trusting that my anchor is going to hold. I don't believe that God has set me adrift. I don't believe that the world is out of control. So I'm going to trust my anchor. And sure enough, the storm did pass, and God's anchor held for him. Now, near the end of his book, 
the book that is written in his name. God rewards his remarkable faith and restores pretty much everything back to him. That Job had lost during the storm. He has ten more children and many grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And I can just imagine that when they would get family get-togethers, like some of you are going to have today, and when they would get together, Job would be like, hey, hey, I want you all to gather around. I want to talk to you right now about something. And this is what I want to talk to you about. I want to tell you about a storm in my life, a storm in which all of my ten kids were killed. And it was so horrible that I took some pottery and broke up the clay pots and I scraped off part of my skin because I was that overwhelmed. That was the storm. But I also want to tell you the remarkable thing that God did in my life. I had faith in God and the anchor, the anchor actually held. And that's why I'm still here today. And then he would say, grandkids, kids, come come up here. Now listen, this is what I want you to know. You need to have an anchor in your life. Like, you need to have an anchor in your own life. But you need one that when the storms are coming, it's going to hold. It's going to keep firm. It will help you through whatever the storm is. And so again, I simply want to ask this question. Is God the anchor for your soul? Are you sure? Have you declared it in your spirit? Do you walk around with that kind of confidence that regardless of what happens in my life, I believe in God enough that he's going to be an anchor for me and for my soul? Second story. It's in the Old Testament too, the first half of the Bible. And it's the story of this guy named Jeremiah. And uh, by the way, Jeremiah wasn't a bullfrog, okay? Uh, Some of you, I know what you're thinking like now. Jeremiah was a bullfrog, yeah. And, okay, he was not a bullfrog. He was a prophet. Sometimes he might have wished he was a bullfrog, but he was a prophet. And basically what a prophet was, was a person who spoke on behalf of God. Kind of like a pastor today. And Jeremiah was a person in which he didn't just have one storm, but he had like an entire life of storms. It wasn't one storm that he overcame, like Job's story, and as far as we know, everything got restored back to Job from Scripture. But Jeremiah went through storm after storm after storm, year after year after year, season after season after season, just storms. And why? Because he chose to stand on behalf of God and to say words to people that were not quite ready to hear it who had not believed in God. And Jeremiah was arrested multiple times. He was ridiculed publicly. He had multiple threats on his life. One day they took him and threw him into a cistern at the bottom of a well for him to just stay there and die. And at the end of his life, a difficult life, a neighboring nation comes and takes him off into captivity and makes him a slave. Think about that. Your retirement benefit is you become a slave to another country. And yet at the end of this horrible, terrible life, he writes some of the most beautiful words, some of the most powerful words in Scripture. And he says this, God's mercies are new every morning. Great 
is your faithfulness. Which is a way of Jeremiah saying, even though the circumstances of life, of my life, have been lousy, actually all the way through my life they've been horrible. The circumstances did not work out well. But he goes, actually, at the end of my life, one of the things I realized was that my anchor, it still held. It still held. And he was... An anchor for my soul. I never felt abandoned. I never felt alone. I never wandered aimlessly. Jeremiah says every single morning, God woke me up and he reminded me time and time again that my mercies are new. I have a new plan for you. There are great things that I'm going to do in and through you. And the anchor is going to hold, Jeremiah. Fresh grace, fresh love, new mercy given to you. And so at the end of his life, he was to say, oh man, you know, there have been many difficult things in my life, but the one thing that I realized, but there, there was an anchor and it was going to hold. So I'm asking you this morning, do you have an anchor for your soul? Is there an anchor for you that no matter what storm hits in your life, you'll stay grounded and it'll hold? Third story is about a family in our church, a wonderful family, and uh, they've been coming to the church for over 10 years, and they help with many different things. They help set up things today. The dad was here. Uh, they help with greeting. They help up with the kids, uh, jar kids. Uh, they help clean the office. They just do all kinds of things, and the Smith family is a great, great family, and their son, Tony, was a really, really nice guy, and uh he had a great personality about him, but there was a demon that started to control him, and that was uh, a spirit of alcoholism. And this alcoholism controlled his very life so much that he started to make some really poor choices, and storms started hitting. The first time I met him was across a glass at the jail, and it was the first time that I had met him in my life, and he was like, I want to change. Now, I've been to the jail a lot. I've been to a lot of people who are on the other side of that glass. Everybody's ready to change when they're on the other side of that glass. But this guy was different. He got out of jail, and the very first Sunday, he was right here. And he was here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. He was reading his Bible. He was praying. The church was praying for him. His family was praying for him. And he finally got to the point where he gave his one and only life to Christ and he went to Prairie Creek and he was baptized there. And I'll never forget that baptism because when he walked down to the water, he still had his home detention device on his ankle. And I thought for so many people, they would be so embarrassed by that that they would have never got baptized. But it didn't matter to him. He was like, I know who I am and I know whose I am. And it doesn't matter what my past has been like. There's something that God's going to change about my future. And then one summer morning, Tony's sister and his parents got the knock on the door that every parent dreads. Your son was involved in a terrible motorcycle accident, and he died at the scene. And a storm, folks, hit this family like they had never experienced before in their life. I did Tony's funeral in Yorktown. When I walked in, it was all bikers and pretty pretty boy bunch with this suit on. 
and I have this black suit, and I have this tie, and I'm feeling very awkward. And so I just felt this prompting from God, take off your coat, take off your tie. And I looked at all of them, and I said, hey, do you care if I take off my coat and tie? And they're like, yeah, first time ever in a funeral I was ever celebrated before. They're all like, yeah, you know. So I do that. And then I look down at this family who had totally been devastated by the loss of their son. And I thought, what what do I have to say? And I prepared this image of a storm that hits people's lives. I remember looking down going, Smith family, Smith family, I want you to know that there is an anchor for your soul. There is an anchor. When the storms of life hit, that God's going to be there. And this isn't the last time that you're ever going to see Tony again. You're going to see him again. And I remember these big bikers that were further back, tears like coming down their eyes. Because that's what they wanted. They wanted something that they could hold on to. And if you ever ask the Smith family, did your anchor hold? They'll look at you and they might have tears in their eyes like many of them did this morning. But they'll say, it's the worst thing, horrible event in our life. But you know what? The only thing, and the mom told me this this morning, she said, the only thing that got me through was the fact that I knew who my anchor was. And I would see my Tony again. So I want to ask you this morning. Do you have a hope so secure in your life that there is an anchor that's going to hold for your soul? Last story. It's a story of this guy up on the side screens, Horatio Spafford. He uh, wrote a song that we're going to close uh, today. He was an attorney in Chicago, very, very wealthy man, and uh, he had a beautiful wife, uh, five wonderful kids, and he had, his portfolio was filled with investments in Chicago downtown, so he had all kinds of wealth and possessions. And one of his children, out of the five, his only son, came down sick with a fever that was so bad that the son never overcame the fever, and he died. And while the family is reeling from this whole loss, in 1871, the great fire of Chicago comes, and it wipes out all of downtown Chicago, all of his buildings, all of his possessions, all of his investment, gone in one moment. And so, to recuperate from their losses, they decide that they'll go back to their motherland of Europe. And so he sends his four daughters and his wife on a boat to go back to Europe. And he says, we'll regroup there. We'll come back together as a family. And he had to stay back to finish a couple business deals. And while their ship was going across the Atlantic, another ship came and collided with that ship. And all four of the girls died immediately in that loss. But the wife survived. 
And the wife sends a transcript back to her husband that's in Chicago and says this, All the girls are gone. I alone survive. So the lawyer gets on a second ship because his wife is literally the only thing that he thinks he has in life left. And he starts going on this ship and it finally gets to the point where his four little girls had died. And he goes back to his cabin and he starts pinning the words to the hymn that we're going to sing today. And the first line says this, When peace like a river attends my way. In other words, he's like, hey, there are times in life when everything's going well and you go through seasons where everything in life is good. No pain, no complications. When peace like a river attends my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll. But he says, hey, there's other times when there's so many sorrows that are coming. It's just like crash after crash, wave after wave coming like a sea bellow. And it's just overwhelming us to the point where we can't even make it. And then he goes on to say, but whatever my lot, whatever the circumstances that might be happening in my life, God has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Which is another way of saying, in the worst of storms, I have an anchor. In the worst of storms, I have an anchor. And it is going to hold. The second verse goes like this. Though Satan should buffet. And that's not a word that we use, buffet at all. Most of you right now are like, Jimmy Buffett? No, it's not Jimmy Buffett. It says when Satan should buffet. In other words, when Satan wants to tear you down, when he wants to destroy your life, when you don't know why things are going so bad, but you feel that there's this evil that's pulling you down, destroying who you are. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control and control my mind. Because when you're going through a storm, have you ever noticed this? All of us know what storms are. When you're going through a storm, folks, you have a hard time controlling your mind. Let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate. He realizes that we're helpless, that we need Him. But He shed His own blood for my soul. And folks, that's the message of Easter. The message says that Christ is trustworthy. That not only has he gone to great lengths of going to the cross, but he said, I'm just not a martyr who dies so that, okay, he was a good man, he had good teachings, but he died. No, 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 no. He says, I'm not just going to die. I'm actually going to come back three days so that you have an anchor, that you have a hope for your entire life. And so this lawyer who's on this ship, who lost all of his children, basically thinks in his head, if Jesus has done all that, if he went to the cross for every mistake I'll ever make in my own life, if he did all that and he died upon a cross for me, and he rose three days later, then I think that that's an anchor that regardless of the circumstances or storms that hit my life, that it's going to hold. Folks, Jesus shed his blood 
to redeem you. He said, I don't, I don't want them to go through life in a storm forever and then go to storm to the next eternity. He said, I want to give them a hope of heaven that is secure and it's an anchor that's going to hold. So I want to ask you one last time. Are you absolutely sure that you have an anchor for your soul? Now, i got to tell you about some alternative anchors. Because all of us think that it's the alternative anchors that are going to bail us out. You ever notice, though, that they always fail? It may take a... A month or two months or three years or four years or a decade or ten decades. Uh, if you live to be a hundred, but eventually, whatever that thing is, it fails. Money makes a lousy anchor. One recession, one bad investment, one thing that doesn't go right, and it is gone. It is just totally wiped out and you have nothing left. And you feel so foolish because you're like, I was putting everything to thinking that monkey, that money was going to be my anchor. How about stuff? Stuff is a lousy anchor. A house can be foreclosed. A house can catch on fire. A house can fall down. You can have a car that rusts out or wrecks or gets repossessed. Stuff, folks, is a lousy anchor. Your career, your job, which many of us love. We, it gives us meaning and identity, and we're like, ah, it's a lousy anchor. One buyout, one layoff, one pink slip, and it's totally gone. Drugs or alcohol, that just keeps me hanging loose. And, but in a fleeting moment, it's gone away, and the high is gone, and it's gone, and reality comes back, and it's a lousy anchor. Your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you're like, yeah, but God has blessed me with them. Cool, great, but don't make them the anchor. Don't make them an anchor. Even our family that we hold so closely and dearly should not be trusted as anchors. Why? Because their life is fragile. Their days are numbered just like yours are. And they were never meant by God to be an anchor for your soul. You know, I think like deep down in our hearts, we all know only God, only God, only God can really be an anchor that will hold. It can only be an anchor for our soul. So do you want it? Do you need it? Today, do you need to reaffirm it like you were there, but then you just kind of drifted away? 2,000 years ago, God sent the ultimate anchor. He said, I'm going to move heaven and earth. I'm going to send my one and only son to be an anchor for your soul. And the way that he'll do it. You ever notice an anchor? It's almost like a cross. It's like this cross where Jesus places his arms across and he says, Right now, you don't get it. You just see the pain and everything. But I'll take it all on, but I'll do it so I'll be an anchor for you. And Jesus said this, no one takes my life from me. I give it up willingly. He 
says, no one twisted my arm. You don't have to do a whole bunch of good stuff to get close to me. You don't have to get your act together first. He said, no, no, no. I do it willingly. And why did he do that? Because he loves you. He loves you more than any other person will ever love you in your whole entire life. And he's an anchor that will hold. And he says, I'm not just going to go on a cross, but I'm going to rise three days later. And just before he left to ascend to heaven and left his spirit to be present with us, he said this. He said, and remember, he said, remember, remember, don't ever forget this. I am, what's the next two words? Remember, I am, what's it say? What is it? With you always. I'm with you. I'm the risen Christ. And I'm with you always. During every storm, every disappointment, every betrayal, every heartbreak, even to the ends of the age. This is a forever thing, folks. And so this weekend, this is what my prayers meant. That some of you are going through some storms right now. And you need an anchor. And some of you, you need to settle that today. You've never settled this in your life. And for others of you, you need to resettle it. But every once in a while, we just need a declaration where we say, on this day, this is a change in my life. And why not make Easter 2016, March 27th, be the day that you say, God... I want you to be the anchor for my soul. Would you be the anchor for my soul? And so we're going to sing a verse of that lawyer. Remember the lawyer, he's going across the Atlantic Ocean to the place where his four girls died. And he pins these words. And remember, he talked about this anchor. So we're going to sing that first verse. So if you could please stand with me and we'll sing it together. And let me just say, don't leave. Some of you are tempted to leave. We've already locked the door, so you can't get out. But this is the truth. God's going to do a really cool thing in like the next five minutes. And I'm praying that you'll be open and receptive to what he wants to do in your life. Your life. Let's sing together. the truth of life. You're either in a storm right now, you're just coming out of a storm, or you're getting ready to go into a storm. That's life. And I just don't know why you would want to go through the next storm without knowing that there is an anchor for my soul. That you settle it today. Whether you've drifted away or 
This is the very first day you're like, man, all this is new to me. You don't have to have it all together. It's just saying, hey, God, I want you to be the anchor. I want you to be the anchor for my soul. And so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to lead us through a prayer. And it's a prayer for all of us. But if you're saying this prayer for the very first time, there's a little card that's in your program, and I'd like you to write it down. Or if you're like for, you know, the the hundredth time, but you've drifted away. You've drifted. You know you've drifted. But today you're saying, you know what? I don't want to drift anymore. I want the anchor to be hold. And you just fill that out. And we're going to do something really, really cool here in just a second. We have these anchors that look like this. And anyone who makes a commitment to Christ for the first time, or if you're recommitting, you're saying, man, I want you to be the anchor. If you have to crawl over people, whatever, bring your card and then come up here. And there are some places uh, that have some buckets where you can get your anchor and you can go, you know what, it's going to hold. And it's just a symbol, folks. This anchor right here, it costs $2.50. It ain't going to hold anything. But what it symbolizes is an anchor that holds in every storm that will come your way. So I'd like us to say a prayer. And I'd like you to just repeat it after me. And we'll pray it out loud. I'll share the prayer and then you can repeat it. And then after that, when you're ready, bring your card Come up here and we have an anchor for you. So just repeat after me. Let's pray. God, thank you for sending Jesus over 2,000 years ago to be an anchor for my soul. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for the new life. Now have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's uh, give a hand for everybody who did that for the first time. And if today's your day, come on up. Don't wait. And we'll see, keep singing some songs. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin.
maybe you're sitting there right now and you're like, hey man, I want to go up. I was kind of scared. I just didn't want to do it in front of everybody. Well, uh, we're going to be done here in a second. There'll still be some anchors. You can come up. You can get one. And uh, next week, we're going to start a new series and uh, would strongly encourage you to come called Getting Past Your Past. And our past so often can hold us back. And I want to talk about how we can have freedom and get through that. If you're new here today, we have a gift for you. Uh, a lot of the songs that the band sang, we have a new CD. We'd love for you to uh, get that. And otherwise, have a happy Easter and know that you're loved in this place. Thanks, guys.